This episode is sponsored by Circle K. Get the most savings on every gallon when you fuel with the Circle K Fleet Card. Learn more at CircleKFleetCards.com. Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine, which is sponsored by Circle K. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of April 18th, 2022. And for this week's episode, I'd like to share with everyone my experiences attending the 2022 NAPA INE conference, which was held in Columbus, Ohio, last Monday through Wednesday, April 11th through 13th. This was NAPA's second in-person conference since the start of the pandemic in 2020, and there was some trepidation in the industry about turnout, but all in all, NAPA produced an excellent conference that was both informative and well-attended. But if you ask me what was my biggest takeaway, it occurred during the opening day luncheon keynote address. With the ballroom filled to capacity, the keynoter asked everyone to stand if this was their first NAPA INE conference. Half of the audience in the ballroom stood up, half the audience. Everyone in the room, including the keynote speaker, were surprised by how many fleet professionals were attending NAFA for the first time ever. And in my mind, what made this revelation so noteworthy was that it tied in with my second biggest takeaway from the conference. So if the biggest takeaway was the number of first-time attendees, the second biggest takeaway was the number of fleet professionals who told me that they had either announced their retirement or were planning to retire in the next 12 months. You know, people weren't blatant about it, but during the course of conversation, it comes up. And more than once, somebody told me, that they thought this might be their last INE conference. So what's the significance of this? In my mind, it signifies that we're on the cusp of a generational change in the fleet industry that will have wide ranging ramifications in future years on how fleet vehicles are viewed, in particular, how they are viewed as sales tools. And this isn't a new revelation on my part. And if you search the archives of the Automotive Fleet website, you'll see that I've been writing about this forthcoming generational change since 2014. And I didn't reach this conclusion by reading a major industry survey. Rather, it was simply the power of observation that brought me to this conclusion. I've attended numerous fleet meetings over the years, and it was apparent that the majority of the people in this industry are within a narrow demographic group comprised primarily of baby boomers and Gen Xers with a 10 to 15 year age differential between themselves. And as the average age for more and more fleet managers approach retirement el eligibility, we're starting to see ever larger number of retirements. So who will succeed these retirees as the next generation of fleet managers? One significant change to this generational shift is that a growing number of next generation fleet managers will be what are called digital natives. And this means that they grew up with the web, forged relationships from childhood on using social media and video conferencing tools. In fact, they never knew life without these digital tools. So how will this influence fleet management in the future? Well, here's one hypothesis. Today, virtual meetings 
have literally overnight become institutionalized within almost every organization. And I believe the next generation of managers will have an even stronger preference to communicate remotely versus in-person face-to-face meetings. And this doesn't mean that face-to-face meetings will no longer occur. Rather, they will become less important compared to virtual alternatives. This isn't based on my personal opinions. I've seen studies that show the value of face-to-face meetings has diminished in the minds of younger generation employees who have only known a world connected by the internet, social media, and video conferencing communications. Many of these surveyed next generation managers, because that's who the next generation manager will be, say that they value virtual communication channels more so than face-to-face meetings. And as the use of virtual communications becomes more embedded in daily work life, it will mean fewer miles will be driven because more time will be spent in front of a computer attending either a Zoom, Google Meets, or Teams meeting, or even using some future equivalent technology that inherently will be more sophisticated and user-friendly. In fact, today, with 2022 model ordering, we've already seen some traditional company drivers unable to meet the eligibility threshold to qualify for a new vehicle due to the fewer business miles driven, which typically requires driving more than 12,000 business miles per year. While some may see this as a negative development, others see it as advantageous to a company's bottom line. And here's some examples of benefits of virtual meetings vis-a-vis face-to-face meetings, as explained by their proponents. One argument is that virtual meetings in an era of elevated fuel prices, and most likely they're gonna remain elevated for a while, will be viewed as a cost mitigation tool. So it's an interesting concept. Virtual meetings as a fleet cost mitigation tool to lower a company's total fuel spend by virtue of reducing the total miles driven. Others see virtual meetings as an opportunity to right-size the fleet and lower fleet expenses as more employees fall below the eligibility threshold to qualify for a company vehicle. And if you think about it, you know, the truism is total fleet cost is proportional to the size of the fleet. And if you want to lower total fleet costs, reduce the size of the fleet. And we may see in the future a more robust internal virtual sales and virtual customer infrastructure as providing this opportunity to right-size the corporate fleet. Not only that, but fewer miles driven will contribute towards meeting corporate sustainability goals. Fewer miles driven will help reduce accident frequency. Fewer miles driven will reduce T&E expenses and so on. The real question is not what you and I think, but what will be the perceptions of the next generation of corporate managers and their customers about face-to-face meetings? So for instance, how might future technology diminish or even disintermediate the value of face-to-face meetings? How might inflationary price pressures influence the frequency of face-to-face meetings? Again, these are questions that will be answered by the next generation of corporate managers. So let me close this week's report by examining some other key takeaways from the NAFA conference based on my conversations with fleet managers in Columbus. One common, common topic of conversation revolved around understandably, supply chain constraints. Most fleet managers are resigned to the fact that difficulties in sourcing replacement vehicles will most likely continue to be a problem with 2023 model year ordering. 
and some fleet managers even envision these fleet ordering constraints extending into model year 2024 if retail demand continues to remain strong, limiting fleet allocations. Another takeaway um, at the conference revolved around the educational content that was offered. Some fleet managers complained that there were too few sessions dealing with procurement or finance, but there was an overabundance of sessions dealing with the EVs. And I would agree with this to an extent, but my counter argument is that all of the EV sessions I attended attracted standing room only audiences. So the interest for this content was definitely there. Another takeaway was that fleet managers who are beginning to implement their corporate transition strategies to electrify their fleets, you know, are coming to a growing realization that home chargers will become a new asset class that many of them will have to manage. I mean, some fleet managers I talked to disagree with this assessment, but, you know, they may not have a choice. Their management may have different ideas. You know, there were many questions that came up in regards to home chargers uh, during the course of these EV educational sessions. So here are some examples. You know, do home charging units follow the driver when they are transferred, when the driver is transferred to a new position in another region requiring relocation? You know, and if yes, you know, who is responsible for this transfer? And there's mixed opinions on this, and it's all across the board. Next, you know, who picks up the expense to transfer chargers when an employee moves to a new home that doesn't have a charging unit? How do you recover chargers from employees who are terminated? Do you go on private property to seize the corporate asset or do you leave it behind? Again, mixed opinions on this. Some employees live in older homes, you know, like in New England, it's very, it's not very common, but it's common to see employees living in 100 year old homes, who's financially responsible for the electrical upgrade of these homes. And these electrical upgrades are required in order to charge a company EV. You know, these electrical upgrades can easily cost $6,000 or more. Again, who is financially responsible for this? And if the company does indeed foot the bill for these upgrades to an employee's uh, home's electrical system, it'll obviously add value to the home's resale price. And if the customer decides, or if the employee decides to sell the house, do they keep the increased resale values? Is this fair to other employees? And as they say, the devil is in the details. And these questions go on and on and on. And it'll take us years to go through and resolve these then before we start developing best practices in this area. As I've always said, the hard part about fleet electrification is not buying the asset, rather it is the execution in implementing this transformative change to fleet operations. So with this final observation, I'd like to conclude my State of the Fleet Industry presentation for the week of April 18th, 2022. And I'd like to thank you for watching.